This is a special edition of the RTI Press Pass, powered by Rocky Top Insider. Here are your hosts, Rick Butler and Ryan Shumpert. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass podcast. My name is Rick Butler, joined right across the table. We are here in the bowels of Thompson Bowling Arena, aren't we? I mean, really in the yeah. depths of it right now. But join across me on the table once uh, the one, the only, Ryan Shumpert. Good afternoon, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We had to do a little bit of, I don't know, improvising is the right word, but called a little bit of an audible. Our, uh, Both our, good phrases. Yeah, our go-to spot over at Arena Dining right above us uh, <laughs> was locked this morning, so... I don't really guess we're into the early afternoon now, but uh, we've we found uh, what's hopefully a quiet little spot down here in the, as you s- properly termed it, the bowels of Thompson Bowling Arena. And I don't think any basketball in today's podcast, but uh, plenty no. of football to discuss on what went on uh, right down Philip Fulmer uh, Drive earlier this morning. You know, funny enough, we might be the only two people here. There could be some more, some some staff workers, whatnot. We might be the only two people who have gone to Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena within the Wednesday yeah, that is possible. August 16th. But funny enough, about today, Wednesday, uh, school starts, I believe, in one week from today. So definitely uh, that's something to note. Even if you aren't kind of here around Knoxville or, or in the area, certainly going to be a lot of stuff as the build to football season continues. One part of that build to football season that continued on Wednesday morning was the second Tennessee football scrimmage instead of Neyland Stadium. And once again, just like last week, this was behind closed doors. So the media could not get a a single peek into what was happening on campus. The fans certainly couldn't be there. So this was just a a team-organized activity. We met with Josh Heupel afterwards. He spoke for about 15 minutes, just kind of breaking down some of the positions, breaking down what he saw from the... Uh, from the offense, from the defense, talked about some injuries, which I know we'll get into here in a minute. But overall, to me, it seemed like a, a rather positive press conference, maybe a little bit more uh, focused on the defense. It seemed like maybe just kind of picking up on some context clues. The the defense was a little bit more impressive, just whatever they were doing on Wednesday morning. But overall, what would you think about just kind of what Josh Hype was saying about what happened on the pra- uh, the scrimmage on Wednesday? Yeah, well, really, I think, and this even goes back to the, the first scrimmage last week, I think Heupel's been, you know, maybe a little bit more open um, with some stuff, and that doesn't necessarily mean that he's divulging a ton because he really hasn't done that, but I thought he's been uh, pretty outright or upfront with some of his concerns, and he talked about it again today, some of uh, the stuff kind of mechanically, offensively, and getting set up, and just all the little things that go into it. He said they needed work done. He kind of, he didn't put that on one guy, he said, uh, it's a lot of different people. It's a lot of little things. And he even kind of noted that it was a slight step back, but a step back from where they were uh, last week. And so I think that stood out to me. Um, he said some some good things about the offense, uh, about Jalen Wright, about Joe Milton. Um, but again, I think we kind of continue to have this theme that you kind of expect in camp, but I think Tennessee's defense has taken steps to being, maybe not even, I don't think that's the right word, but uh, – lessening the gap between Tennessee's offense and Tennessee's defense compared to last year, which I think you expected in some ways and kind of is that age-old fall camp debate. Is that because the defense has gotten a lot better or is that because the defense has taken a – or is that because the offense has taken a big step back? 
Truth probably somewhere in the middle, um, but yeah, you know, I would agree with your assessment that uh, continued kind of more buzz uh, around Tennessee's defense. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I've really just started to, I, I guess, realize here as we're moving into year three of the Josh Heupel era is that you don't get to the number one offense in the country without a lot of moving parts in that system. And obviously we know that Josh Heupel's system is complicated. It's complex. I, I, I obviously don't know it exactly, but we know that there's a lot of moving parts to it. So to me, it makes sense why a lot of those things are, are still kind of being put in, are still kind of being figured out maybe during this fall camp area. Josh Heupel said on Wednesday morning that the offense started out well early. The defense really closed the scrimmage in a, in a strong way late. Uh, he also complimented the defense's third down ability. He said that was strong. Also mentioned that some of the veterans on both sides, they were let go a little bit throughout the game. They started the game, got their reps in. But sort of, yeah. I guess, like a preseason game, right? You don't need everybody to be going on every single snap. Some of the guys you maybe pull back a little bit. And one of those, one of the reasonings, I guess, might be to that uh, is because Tennessee's dealing with some injuries right now, as I'm sure you know most teams are during fall camp. A hundred percent. I think he specifically said that about the offense and some of those – or to me, I took it as I'm hitting it to receivers. I don't think any of Tennessee's kind of four main receivers had played in their last scrimmage last week. Uh, so that was kind of the indication I got or reading between the lines. I kind of was what I thought he was talking about there is that some of those main receivers played early. They got some reps. They didn't go the entire time, which kind of would make sense with the turn that he said, that the offense started out strong and then the defense, uh, as the practice went on, uh, started to have a little bit more success. So uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, it, it makes sense, and again, it kind of continues to get more and more reps uh, for Caleb Webb, for Chaz Nimrod, two sophomore receivers that I don't think are going to play a ton this season unless injuries really strike Tennessee's offense, um, but guys that are kind of the next two, I would say, waiting in the wings uh, and, and could have a big role in 2025. I will say this. you know, We talked about it last week about injuries and how much you practice, how much contact you do, how you handle – how you handle some of the things like that and, and trying to keep guys healthy and all that. As we noted last week, you know, kind of discussing how much Tennessee's going to go full contact, how you kind of manage that with injuries. You know, I think Tennessee's played it relatively conservative from my estimate. Uh, we mentioned, we just talked about the receivers. They didn't go a ton last week, or they didn't go really at all last week. They didn't go a ton today. And even just full pads. I mean, Tennessee has mostly worked in shells. I mean, obviously the two scrimmages, they've been full pads, and I don't have my notes right in front of me right now, but I think maybe three other practices to this point have been full pads, and all the other ones have been shells. So to me, it feels like Tennessee's playing it conservatively. Um, I think that'll be something interesting to track as we get into the season, especially with tackling and making guys miss in space. Josh Eibel did say last week during the first first scrimmage that he was really happy with where how they tackled an open field but uh, that's just kind of an observation I've had I've kind of been thinking about since we talked about it last week and uh, I think we've seen more shells this uh this fall camp yeah. than we maybe have in the past yeah I, I think you're certainly right it, and now that you kind of bring all that into the the forefront of things I absolutely it, it is maybe a little bit more of a just like you're saying, a conservative rat as Tennessee gets the pieces together to what they want to do on the field. One of the big players that Tennessee does have injured and kind of has been a, a conversation point this last week since Josh Heupel announced that he had a minor procedure last Wednesday, so I guess that would have been on the 9th of August. Then coming back today, this uh, this Wednesday morning, here's what Josh Heupel had to say about Cooper Mays. We believe we'll have an opportunity to get him back. Everything has gone well since he missed training camp and had the issue that he had, but at the same time, it's true for every position. 
position, but in particular the offensive line, you better have contingency plans and you don't know when that's going to happen. Josh Eibel kind of continues on to, to talk about the contingency plans and just the idea of that, but it does seem like a positive update overall for Cooper Mays as they're working to get him back as quickly as possible. Even going back to that uh, to last Wednesday when we first heard about it, Josh Heupel had just said it was a couple-week deal. So it does look like maybe Tennessee is obviously trying to, uh, hoping and prepare for Cooper Mays to be back for the season opener. If he's not, it seems like they have the contingencies planned ready. But ultimately, it seemed like a pretty positive update on Tennessee's starting center. And really kind of the the main injury, I, I think, that Tennessee's looking at during the fall camp slate. We'll talk about it more coming up to some freshmen. Yeah. But like you were saying, this is really the only big one that they're dealing with at this moment uh, that we know of. Yeah, I would completely agree with that assessment uh, from the standpoint of it's by far the main guy and updates have, you know, kind of seemingly been positive. You know, the devil's advocate there is what injury update has Josh Heupel ever given that's not positive if it's not just ruling a player out for a long period of time. So he's always been coy with that stuff. Uh, I thought the answer today, again, was somewhat coy, um, though it wasn't incorrect. I mean, it's all about contingency plans and even if Cooper Mays is back for the season opener, who knows if he'll play the whole season. I mean, he missed five games, five of 13 games uh, in 2021. He was out there pretty healthy the entirety of last season, but you've needed guys even in seasons when Cooper Mays has been healthy to to come in and be able to play. So, you know, that was coach speak, though I think it was pretty true. And I guess my last thought on that is, you know, positive. They're trying to push it, the narrative or, or the, the thought that he'll be back for the season opener, even if he's not. You know, the date, the date in mind is when Tennessee has Gainesville. You know, they shouldn't have any problem with Virginia or Austin Peay without Cooper Mays. You want him there for the continuity along the offensive line, but uh, the big date really is when Tennessee heads to Florida. Yes, yeah, certainly. We'll be right back. And now, back to the show. So, Ryan, in addition to Cooper Mays, though, Tennessee is dealing with two other injuries for the freshman class. Josh Heupel noted it today after the, after the scrimmage, I should say. Freshman defensive lineman Tyree Weathersby and then freshman running back Deshaun Bishop. Looks like Weathersby's going to be out for the season with an injury. Deshaun Bishop out for an extended period of time. It looks like, what, a couple months or so? But yeah, at least maybe, a couple months. Sure, but maybe not the full season at least right now. But that's what we heard from Josh Heupel earlier today after the scrimmage. Certainly. They're not ruling it out that he can come back this season. It doesn't seem overly likely. and. Look, these are two guys that Tennessee wasn't expecting a ton of this season, so it's not a massive deal. Certainly, it is a blow to depth at both those spots. Um, I would say probably a bigger issue from a depth standpoint with Tyree Weathersby. Uh, Certainly, that will add some pressure or at least add some urgency that Davian Hobbs, uh, another freshman defensive lineman, and then Tyree West, a sophomore defensive lineman, will be able to step up if, you know, I don't think either is going to be in the too deep now. Like I said, Weathersby is lower than that, but if... Injuries do happen. It'll put a little bit more pressure on them. Uh, And then with Bishop, again, I think his path to playing time was probably more likely or more clear. Sure. Certainly not definitive. He was certainly going to be behind the three uh, returning Tennessee running backs, Jalen Wright, Dylan Sampson, and Jabari Small, and was kind of competing with his fellow freshmen, uh, Cam Selden and Khalifa Kifa. Khalifa Keith. I should say, for that fourth running back spot. And look, you probably need four running backs over the course of a season that are going to get real playing time. I think Seldon was probably likely to beat him out anyway, uh, but he was involved in that competition. Uh, So blows to depth, not a huge deal. Uh, I think it's probably a bigger deal just in the standpoint that you have two talented freshmen who are going to be sidelined 
not the fact that they can't play games the entire freshman year, but they won't be at practice. They won't yeah. be getting those special teams reps, that kind of first taste of game reps uh, that would be helpful for, helpful for their development later on in their career, but certainly not something that I think is going to have a, a super large effect on the 2023 Tennessee football yeah, team. Yeah, you know, may, absolutely. Maybe not an impact on the season coming up, but I did feel like it was interesting. Josh Heupel today actually talked about, he mentioned Elijah Herring and Caleb Perry as two guys who have really stepped up as sophomores yeah. because of what they were able to do really in kind of special teams roles in their freshman seasons. We know that Elijah Herring got a little bit more time actually working with the defense, but really just being able to go through the season, being able to go on special teams, being able to get in the game, obviously just a, a, a big um, a big advantage for those guys. So certainly like what you're saying, not going to be an impact on the season, not going to certainly impact Tennessee's wins and losses, but certainly. an unfortunate situation just for the development of two young guys who are promising in the Tennessee program. Certainly, and uh, I think the, the special teams is such an overlooked thing for young players and, and just getting a taste of the field. And, and that's one of the things for these young players, since we get to watch such so little practice, uh, I watch special teams as much as anything, just to see who impresses uh, as athletes. And uh, again, that's not by far the end all be all, but it, it can be telling in, in certain cases, especially when you talk about guys, athleticism and it's predates both of our uh, tenures. I was in high school. I think you would have been in high school too. Maybe you would have been uh, a freshman or early in your Tennessee tenure, but Jalen Ray's Maven is a guy in yeah. 2013 who was just a, a didn't ever play on defense, but was just a stud special teams player for Tennessee, and obviously turned out to be an All SEC level linebacker. He's kind of probably the first guy that made me start looking at young players on special teams that way. That's a great point, and. Jalen Reeves Mabin, also known for doing that in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, 100%. As well, right? so That's like, how he's made a role in the NFL. Yeah, on so absolutely. You know, and you can tell that the Tennessee coaching staff, not to kind of take a tangent to a random direction, but you can tell that the Tennessee coaching staff, we've heard on several <laughs> occasions, whether it's from a, a Mike Eckler, a Rodney Garner, a. Uh, uh, Brian Jean-Marie, right, whoever it is, that those special teams reps are important. I think of guys last year like a James Pierce Jr., a, a, a Josh Josephs, although Josephs played a little bit more with the defense, but just guys who are who are capable to play in the special teams who are going to be moving into maybe more of a role coming up this year. So that is interesting. But also, Ryan, that pretty much pretty much wraps up our, our scrimmage recap from today, just kind of the thoughts from what Josh Heupel said afterwards, but I want to expand it out a little bit, right? It's now day 16, and not actually day 16 of them practicing, but 16 days into the month of August where Tennessee's going through fall camp. Right, we talked a lot before fall camp, just kind of our thoughts or expectations. <clears throat> what for you has kind of changed in these 16 days? Maybe it's something you've learned. Maybe it's something you've just kind of uh, something that's been reinforced. Maybe it's something totally new. But what are a little bit of takeaways, I guess, from these first, I get two and change, weeks of fall camp? Well, I'll start on offense and maybe throw it back to you before defensive observations, just to try not to go on too much yeah. of a rambling tangent. But I feel better about every every spot, or at least good about every spot besides, besides offensive line. Uh, I feel... Not that I feel more confident Joe Milton is going to be a star, because I wouldn't say that's true. I feel more confident that they... I feel now that... I see his floor being higher now than I saw it being at start of camp. Okay. Not that anything's actually changed to make that change, but just from the way I view it, uh, my mindset's changed. And that doesn't mean, you know, I think I've said on here before to Bo Wallace comparison, if I could see him being good over the course of the season and having a couple duds of games that really hurt Tennessee, I could still see that. But the scenario where he just implodes and Nico Yamaliava has to come in with, into what's basically already a lost season in the middle, or the start of October... 
I just have a hard time seeing that. And then the running back spot. Well, before you get there, though, I have a okay. follow-up here. So you've said you've been on record in the past saying, or actually, I'll, I'll back it up. You're saying right now that you feel better about where Joe is based on what you've been able to see. Maybe the floor rises up a little bit. Do you still feel like he is the X factor, the most important player? Yes. Just everything that encapsulates that for Tennessee season coming up. 100%. Yeah. And some of that's, he's an extreme version of that, but if you have a new quarterback, if you have a quarterback with any level of unknown to me, that will always be the most important question, really, for any team in college football. Football has become such a quarterback-driven sport, but especially Josh Heupel's offense and how much he puts on the quarterbacks. So uh, that hasn't changed. Some of that wouldn't change depending on who we're talking about. Certainly, I think Joe Milton has a little bit more volatility, uh, which makes that kind of swing swing guy impacty even more so. So that's with Milton. Uh, the running back spot, I thought it was really good coming into camp. Uh, it was one of those spots I was highest on on the team. Nothing's changed there. And then the receiver, uh, you know, not that I thought they were going to be bad, but uh, Dante Thornton, I just have had more and more optimism with him. Uh, I think even... You wouldn't expect that to matter a ton at a spot that Tennessee doesn't play a ton of guys, but I feel good about Caleb Webb. Uh, I think he's kind of really quietly been one of the star players of camp, and it you know, makes sense why he's quiet. He's on the second team. He's probably not going to play a ton in his sophomore year, uh, but as a guy I feel better about. And then certainly I think we know a lot of what Brew McCoy, Squirrel White, and Ramel Keaton can do. And then, yeah, the offensive line, we talked about it at length last week, but just still a lot of question marks there. Um, less so on who's going to play. I feel like pretty confident that it's going to be, if Cooper Mays is healthy, left to right, John Campbell, Ollie Lane, Cooper Mays, Javante Spragans, and Jeremiah Crawford. Uh, but just the level that they play at is still a little bit of a question mark. So uh, that's kind of the one negative, and it's the one thing kind of holding up me from thinking, all right, Tennessee's offense is going to be a top 10 national league again next year. Um, but I would say as a whole, Milton being the big one, uh, I just feel better about it, where his floor is at. Yeah, I definitely agree on the Milton side of things. You know, I, I think based on the way that he closed out the 2022 season, we had a little bit more optimism, at least going into the offseason, that, hey, this is going to be Tennessee's guy. There's not really going to be a competition, despite the, you know, who's behind him with freshman Nico Iamaliava. And so far from what we've seen at camp, he's looked the part. But we've also heard that he's he, he has looked the part from the coaches and the teammates' perspective as well, Ryan. Obviously, we can only be through so much of Tennessee, you know, practices in the mornings, but we've heard from the coaches and the and the teammates that, yes, that this is a different Joe Milton than at any other point, right? This is a guy who truly has taken all of his experiences over the last two years, really over the last five years, and putting them into practice for what this final collegiate season is going to be. So I'm in full agreement with you. I, I see the floor being raised, and I also still see this being, you know... It, the biggest factor, the the most important piece to the puzzle is Joe Milton's performance on the field for Tennessee. I agree on the offensive line. I think that, you know, going into the, I should say, going into camp, I wasn't really sure where the, you know, where maybe the question marks were going to be. I, I think we had a general idea, but when I say that, I mean, I kind of wondered where those question marks were going to be two weeks into camp, kind of at this yeah. point, right? What were going to be some of the some of the things that couldn't necessarily get ironed out in the first week or two? And I think I just keep coming back to the offensive line like you did, F- figuring out who's going to go in what positions, how that's going to play, the rotational side of things. Obviously, there's already an injury right there, so that is certainly an interesting part to watch. The running backs, you hit the nail on the head. There's not much to say there. We, we remember them from last year. We feel like they're going to be productive again. And then the running backs, just to, to to expand on one of your points even more, Dante Thornton just has the look, right? He really does. I mean, 
you can see that he's six foot five. You can see his weight, yeah. all those things. But really, it's not until you see him in pads on the field to realize that this guy is just it is built different. So I'm really excited to see in what kind of ways Tennessee can use him as one of those perennial four receivers that they use. Just because I think that Dante Thornton gives them a, a different element that they don't really necessarily have with Adam. Obviously, he's got the size and the speed right there, yeah. primarily at the slot position. But you got Broom McCoy, who, who is a big body receiver. You got Ramel Keaton, who is a little bit of a mix of both. You obviously got Squirrel White, who is a small, speedy guy. Now you have a guy like Dante, who can not only take the top off of a defense, but go over the top to get a ball. Yes, it's just the the kind of freaky physical traits. Again, I think we talked about this last week some, but I think Kelsey Pope had an, an instance in a press conference where he was like, you know, there's been a few times where Dante's done something and I either look at Coach Hype or he looks at me and it's just like, whoa, like this. Yeah. It's just a different level of athleticism uh, and a different kind of freaky skill set that Tennessee has a lot of good receivers. I think Brew McCoy and Squirrel White had the potential to, you know, be great receivers. Uh, in a bigger role and stepping up. Certainly Squirrel White's just a sophomore, uh, but Thornton, I just think, has that kind of dude-ness to him that there necessarily isn't someone else in Tennessee's room that's quite like that. Yeah. So that's a pretty good look at the offense. What about the defense? Kind of maybe where your takeover's there. I know for me, and this is something I've written about, this is something I know I've said on the podcast before, but what used to be a position where you'd kind of get a quick glance over, you'd mark down who's there, but then there wasn't really any need to stay at that position over the last two years. The linebackers are certainly a position that is now almost drawing a crowd at Tennessee practices. You know, a lot of the people are going to go over and see what the offense is doing and the quarterbacks are doing, but if you're looking at guys who are going to watch the defense, a lot of the times looks like media members are congregating around the linebackers just because of how new and different they look. Obviously, you kind of have a, a new starting duo right there with, with uh, Keenan Peely, the BYU transfer, and Aaron Beasley, but just the talent behind them. And I know that's young talent. I'm not necessarily saying that certainly all of this talent is going to make an impact for Tennessee next year, but just to see the depth that they have. And obviously that's helping during fall camp. That's helping on the, uh, that's helping on the practice field. But the linebackers, to me specifically, look different, and I expect them to play different too. One of those players being Arian Carter. Want to see what he's going to do just throughout the season as I would imagine he continues to build his way up into... A, 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 I don't want to say an efficient, not a, not necessarily a valuable role, but a, a productive role for Tennessee's defense. Maybe not the biggest question, but one of the one of the things I've really posed uh, and wondered about with the defense. To me, the maybe the headline for Tennessee's defense entering the season: a lot of talented underclassmen who is ready to play. Yeah, who is a year away? Who's ready to play? And, and I think my one of my biggest takeaways, and this was from listening to Hypel today a little bit of fall camp as a whole. The vibe I've gotten is, I think, at linebacker, I think Keenan Peely and Aaron Beasley are going to be the starters. I think Arian Carter and Elijah Herring will play a lot. I think they'll be the backup, you know, in the two deep, and I think Tennessee will play them from the jump of the season. They'll be getting 30 to 40 snaps a game, uh, being a big part of the rotation there, maybe 25 to 40 snaps a game. On the reverse side in the secondary, and granted all those guys in the secondary – or at least most of the big names in the secondary are true freshmen, uh, true freshmen at corner, with Ricky Gibson, with Jordan Matthews, with Christian Conyer. People have you know talked highly about them. They've praised them, their development. It feels like they're going Willie Martinez, Tim Banks are going to side with the veterans and get the returning guys to start the season. Yes. Those guys are going to get their opportunity, and certainly those young guys will probably get some opportunity to make it or mop, mop up duty in special teams, like we previously noted. But I don't think to start the season they're going to get a ton of meaningful snaps at corner. 
Now, if those experienced guys play like they did last year, they didn't show any growth. I think those young guys will probably get opportunities later in the season. Uh, but I think from the jump, kind of a takeaway I've had or a feel I have is you're going to see a lot of young linebackers. You might have to wait a little bit longer to see the young defensive backs. Yes, I think that is an excellent point. And that's something I even kind of wrote about yesterday. But I, I feel like you're going to see more... Huh. Uh, how do I want to phrase this? I think you're going to see more school class diversity between the linebackers, right? So like, yeah. not just class diversity, right? School class diversity, right? So you, you will see maybe some freshmen, maybe some sophomores, kind of with the experienced guys that Tennessee has. But then you're right. I mean, looking back down at the at the secondary, I mean, listen to this. Senior Danico Slaughter, senior Jalen McCullough, senior Tamari McDonald, redshirt senior Warren Burrell, redshirt senior Brandon Turnage, redshirt, redshirt senior Wesley Walker, redshirt senior Kamal Haddon, and then you get to a redshirt sophomore in Andre Turrentine, who yeah. is not up at that senior level, but this is a guy who now has is entering his third year of collegiate football, entering his second year on Rocky Top. So Tennessee's secondary is very, very veteran-led. I expect that to be something that Tennessee wants to use to their advantage, wants to use all that experience. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, we know that the defensive back position is one that can get nicked up very easily, so injuries could kind of change some things. But like you're saying, I expect the defense, and the, excuse me, I expect the secondary to be a veteran-led group until they prove otherwise. Certainly, and you know the question really is just what type of senior? Is it a regular senior? Is it a super senior? Is it a retro <laughs> senior? Because a lot of those seniors, they just said, Jalen McCullough is a senior. They don't list super seniors on rosters. Right. He's not. He's a fifth-year super <laughs> senior. So uh, you're right. That's kind of the question around it. It's crazy, crazy depth uh, from the veteran standpoint. But again, it's how much of it's quality depth because last year someone got hurt at, for, at corner for Tennessee. It didn't matter because there was no drop-off from – there was a little drop-off from corner number one to corner number seven for Tennessee last yeah. year, and you don't want that. You want separation. So that's the big story. And then, yeah, you mentioned that Turrentine is the one that I would almost I would almost use him as an example as a young guy just because it's his second year in the program. But even then, you're talking about him being kind of a young contributor. This is his third year in college. Yeah. Okay, let me – the only really position on the defense we haven't talked about yet is the defensive line. I'll kind of ask you a question to set that up, okay. though. Ryan, we've heard Tennessee talk a lot this fall camp, and even going back to SEC media days, this was a big conversation from the players, was Tennessee's, I don't want to say desperate, but just for, you know, to put the phrase together, Tennessee's desperate want to be able to pressure the quarterback with four rushers, right? So so not having to bring an extra guy in the blitz, not having to bring a, a, an extra guy from the secondary to get to the quarterback. They want to be able to affect the quarterback with four. Do you think that they're going to be in a position to do so based on what you've seen this fall? Oh, it's... I kind of... And it's hard to it's say. Hesitant, I, I, I yeah, know. And we don't see a ton. And again, it, it, to me, that one feels a year away, too. I think they could be better, uh, moderately... You know, it's. I think the initial thought is it's like they got to get better when they lost by far their best pass rusher. I don't think they'll feel Byron Young's loss a ton, quite frankly. Um, but certainly it puts pressure on our guys. And I think Roman Harrison will probably, when we get the depth chart here in a week and a half, will probably be number one at the Leo spot. Uh, but And he could be better. He could become a four or five sack guy. But the question there is, again, the underclassmen. And that's a spot they've recruited really well. I think Josh Josephs is ready to play is ready to be a solid player? Is he ready to be an all-SEC player? I'm kind of skeptical, uh, as I would be with any sophomore who wasn't really, really good as a freshman. James Pierce is another guy I think 
it could provide them depth. And, and you know, he's not going to be lost out there if he's playing. I don't necessarily think he's at a place where he's going to be great this year. And then I, I'd kind of say the same for the freshman Caleb Herring. And then Shandavian Bradley, another talented freshman, I think, probably is a, at least a, a year or two away from a physical standpoint. So I think they could be better there. I am skeptical to think they're just going to be light years better, at least at the Leo spot. Now, if a Tyler Barron or if someone in the interior can take a step forward and be a lot better rushing the passer, one of those veterans, that's kind of the X factor yes. that I think could really make them uh, a lot better. But when you talk about getting consistent pass rush from your Leo spot, which is the guys you're you know you're expecting it from, you're relying on, uh, it just feels like maybe one more year away. Yeah, and there's a handful of guys on, on the defensive line that. You know, you'd want to see be able to step up here late into their careers. Tyler Barron certainly one. Elijah Simmons another one. Uh, Bryce Neeson just kind of the continued growth from him on the line. Amari Thomas going to be one of the one of the stars of the Tennessee defensive line. So certainly a lot of pieces. Just going to be interesting to see how they put them together. Uh, but Ryan, that pretty much covers it. I mean, that's pretty much a, a good look at the offense and the defense. Two weeks into camp, like you said, we got about a what a week and a half until the. Week and a half, a little less than two weeks or so away from the season opener against Virginia in Nashville's Nissan Stadium. It's just right around the corner as they continue to finish fall camp here. It is, and I believe Saturday will be the last practice we get to watch, and we'll still be talking to coaches and players between then and kickoff. But, uh, you know, the camp portion of practice is starting to really wind down as classes start next week, and we get closer and closer to kickoff. Yep, there is a buzz in the air right now, right? You can tell that not just are a number of different sports seasons almost back on the on the schedule, but you can just tell that there's a lot of energy in the air with, with college campuses coming back to life with the students and everything like that. So there is definitely a buzz in the air right here in Knoxville, and we will continue to talk about it as we get through fall camp. We'll continue to put out podcasts. Of course, we're putting out all of our stuff on RockyTopInsider.com for you to go in and consume over there. But, right, we're going to do our best to keep everybody covered on Tennessee football in the lead-up. Uh, anything else for, that, that you wanted to hit on? That's all I got. That's all I got too, my friend. So let's go ahead and wrap this up and we'll get out of here today. As always, make sure you're following Rocky Top Insider on social media platforms. We are at Rocky Top Insider on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Wherever you are, we are there too, at Rocky Top Insider. If you want to go ahead and follow Ryan, you can do that at rshump00. That's R. S-C-H-U-M-P-0-0. If you want to follow myself, you can do that at Rick underscore Butler. And then, of course, Jack Foster Media. That is also our wonderful co-worker over here at RTI. You can go give him a follow as well. But, hey, make sure you're leaving us a great five-star rating, a great review, a great comment along the way. We would love to hear from you as we get ready on the road to 2023 Tennessee football coming up in just less than two weeks or so. We're excited for it. We're going to have you ready. Don't go anywhere. Thank you so much for listening to the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass podcast. For Ryan Shumpert, I'm Rick Butler. We'll catch you back for the next one.